Hello, it's Joe. Just jumping in here to say a massive thanks before today's episode begins to Dan from Back to Mine, the album series of a very personal nature that is a selected collection of tracks for the after party. That moment when you get back from a night out and fancy a little carry on. And thus far, since the collection of records launched, the likes of Orbital, Morchiba, Pet Shop Boys, New Order and Roots Maneuver, just to name a few, have all curated an album. And in October 2000, it was the turn of Faithless to take the helm with Soul at the very heart of their track selection. It's always been the main ingredient in the Faithless Sonic Brew, from the DJ sets of Sister Bliss right through to the production skills of Rollo and the meaningful spoken words on each and every record that play a huge part of the band's sound. So today I was really lucky, right before her Back to Mind gig at Pikes, that Sister Bliss made a little space in her day to chat to me in her hotel room ahead of her gig. Don't go away. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel Coming to you every day Hi, I'm Sister Bliss from Faithless here in Ibiza at Pikes, the legendary Pikes. Could you just tell me first off, like how you reset? I reset by having a good sleep. I mean, I have to say, sleep is just so important, especially in the life of a travelling musician, DJ type. I never quite get enough of it. Wrote a song about it. Didn't do too badly. (laughs) But yeah, for me, health, mental state, everything is improved by having a decent night's sleep. It really is. I know that sounds very boring, but it's true. It's a huge part of trying to stay well. That feels like a beautiful place to begin because I gather you've actually just remixed Insomnia for um, a sleep app to help people sleep. How did that come about? Yeah, that was a crazy thing. Uh, We just got approached to do this brand collaboration with the CBD brand. CBD is becoming, you know, quite a thing in the wellness industry. And they wanted to do a collaboration. They're saying, but what if you could get some sleep? And Would you be up for doing this thing? And I said, well, you know, insomnia has been done a lot with an orchestra, this sort of rash of people, you know, Pete Tong and the Heritage Orchestra or Hacienda Classical or Green Classical, this one and that one. They've all been performing insomnia with an orchestra. So it kind of gave me an idea to do a more chilled version that would be a sleep aid rather than the sort of thing you want to hear at three in the morning, but doing it with an orchestra, but not as a kind of banging rave anthem. Release me and let me dream of making mad love to my girl on the heath, tearing off tights with my teeth. And it was quite a challenge, um, but I actually really enjoyed it. It was really beautiful. I sort of looped certain parts so they became really hypnotic that would lull you to sleep. And what was really interesting is I met with a, a sleep therapist um, about the science of how we fall asleep. And he was so interesting. His work is absolutely fascinating. He works with all sorts of people from troubled children to elite athletes and measures the impact of sleep or lack of it therein and he said there is an optimum time it usually takes people 27 minutes to fall asleep so that's how long I made the track bearing that information in mind so it's probably the longest single track I've ever written (laughs) no editing Um, and it's it's quite a lovely piece of music I always thought oh my god when the big riff comes in everyone's going to get excited and wake up 
but so far the response has been really positive and it puts insomnia in a really different space but as I say it was just a very particular reimagining of that piece of music in hand with a brand that um, I thought was interesting and it kind of spoke to me as well I mean I've used CBD oil myself it wasn't like a product that I felt just didn't sit right with faithless you know what I mean mm. um and they do weirdly the actual brand Oto I'd bought some um CBD stuff for a friend of mine for Christmas from Liberties you know and it's really nice stuff and, and a sleep mask and some cream and a pillow spray and all sorts of things so I, weird I was like I know these guys I actually I bought some for my friend at Liberties anyway I've signed up for a lifetime supply now <laughs> are we getting old if we're sitting here talking about sleep <laughs> Uh, probably but I mean one needs the sleep to prepare for the disco so that's the important thing to sustain a life of staying awake at, at night as I do in the nighttime industries I've got to make sure I get enough sleep at other times that perhaps other people wouldn't be asleep <laughs> I think you know there's absolutely no doubt that that's intrinsic to the longevity of a 25 plus year career that you've had I mean what would you say the number one trick or life hack is to staying in the game as long as you have it's a really good question. I mean, it's a it's a lot of luck involved. I hope it's also making good decisions, trying to re you know trying to release music that says something that that has an emotional content or sort of message within it. It's not just party music, and I love party music. Don't get me wrong, but I think Faithless and our sort of popularity has, has endured because there is something beyond the music as well. There is a, a, a lyrical message, there's a kind of poetry part of it that you can you can listen to our songs hopefully in all sorts of different contexts and there's layers of meaning that reveal themselves over time as well. I don't mean that in a sort of pretentious way, it's what other people have told me and I also think we're a band that loves the art form of the album so we're able to put together different genres of music and take you on a musical journey and because we've become known for that you know we're a band that doesn't just exist single to single like this has got to be the biggest club track you know there's space for more kind of musical and lyrical expression so I think maybe that's also part of it is people do invest in the experience of listening to an album from beginning to end you know a lot of people say oh album art form is dead people just listen to individual tracks when they're streaming they only listen to two minutes of them everything's condensed and it's all very kind of you know attention deficit and this sort of generation people flick 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 but it seems to me that people have still you know the the capacity to listen to albums from beginning to end not just people of you know slightly older generation but even young people coming through who We'll sit down and explore things. I think artists, you know, coming back, if you like, like Kate Bush's amazing moment with her Stranger Things sync. A whole new generation are exploring her music. And I've been playing loads of gigs, you know, throughout the summer, um, various festivals, and the audience is really young. And it's amazing the number of people I can hear singing the lyrics back. Maybe their parents are really cool and they've played them faithless music, but it feels really... You know, I'm so grateful that that the music was over time, but it seems to transcend the generations as well. Maybe that's because there is something a bit more meat in it to get get your teeth round. You know, um, I also think sometimes if you fight to be relevant and you do certain things, 
sometimes you can, you're fighting a losing battle. You kind of want to be authentically you and what you are and what you stand for. You know, and for better or worse, we have occupied a space in electronic music. You know, I love to keep production skills relevant and listen to what other producers are doing and there's sorts of music that excites me. But I still think we plough our own furrow in that world mm. and stay true to that. Mm. And hopefully, again, that's we're not trying to compete with the, you know bunny or was it what's his name he's the biggest streamed artist in the world or even ed sheeran or anything like that we're just in our own space happily pottering around <laughs> i think you just mentioned cool parents there and i you know your father was obviously you know somebody who was like a jazz musician you grew up around like the very first kind of synthesizers and i think i even heard you say that he did a gig with dudley moore on piano so you know what do you think would have digging in the five used to have a band and dudley moore played the piano he weirdly enough in the 50s had a kind of jazz band and they did poetry with the jazz and in a weird way i'm kind of reliving that or have done with faithless because i feel it has this sort of poetic spoken word energy you know from maxi jazz that's kind of been that lineage has been passed down in a mad way so yeah I'm very lucky I come from a very musical family and it's brought us all a lot of pleasure that was my dad's 86th birthday on Sunday and um he (laughs) he played us a piece on his saxophone so Still what a legend playing. still playing still parping away <laughs> yes parping is that what it's called these days when someone gets their sax out I think you know I'm very intrigued because you know if you think perhaps you hadn't grown up in that environment what do you think that you would have done instead absolutely no idea <laughs> I really don't know I do know a bit I was I was very artistic and I had a vision that I wanted to be a fashion designer actually many moons ago I was going to go to art school and do a foundation and just I had it all sort of mapped out and then things changed in my life in a particular way and I, um, I'd always loved music and just found myself drawn into that world. You know, Acid House spoke to me in a very immersive particular way and I just felt I wanted to be inside that music, you know, living, hearing it, making it. Uh, it was, you know, like like people find hip-hop it's not just the music it's a whole lifestyle mm-hmm. as well and this was very early days there were no rules you know I was there when house music was born so I feel very proprietal towards it feeling I was there at a really pivotal moment in our culture there haven't been many youth movements or musical that have come along you know you had punk and hip-hop and then house music and there hasn't really been a new one there's been offshoots like grime and drum and bass but there's still the DNA is in acid house mm-hmm. So um, it's quite interesting, even the kids coming to my gigs, still listening to the same music, doing what we were doing 30 years ago. There isn't a new musical form that's just exploded into the world in quite the same way. It's all kind of offshoots of electronic music in one way or another. I mean, if you if your father kind of semi-paved the way for the, the kind of the sound of Faithless or that idea or that concept, how did you, you know, after 10 years of not putting an album... then, don't get me wrong, I didn't <laughs> see him doing this. I'm not born in the 1950s. I'm just saying it's funny looking at it. I suppose paving the way is, is because music was just around all the time. It was never an area that was shut off to me. Like, I always find it interesting when I talk to other musicians and DJs who say, you know, we barely listen to music in our house and it was something I discovered completely by accident. You know, I had a lot of exposure, so came from a different angle. But after 10 years of, of not putting out an album between 2010 and 2020, how did you kind of select the, the new vocalist on that? 
that was a big ask actually because Maxie's lyricism and poetic bent was so central to what Faithless was about and his spiritual message you know he's a practicing Buddhist and that Buddhism and his life experiences and wisdom were expressed so beautifully and concisely in his lyrics and in his beautiful voice so it was kind of it was about finding the next generation and actually we are in a really fertile period where British hip-hop is exploding um, and there are a lot of spoken word poets out there so we just started to dig around there were people I came across I saw people live at poetry slams I found one of the artists that contributed a lot of beautiful lyrics on this album um, on YouTube so we just reached out to people and wove it together like a kind of giant tapestry and I think it's um I'm really proud of our last album all blessed because it was a big risk a lot of people oh it's not faithless don't go max unit it's not faithless kind of like well actually the DNA it was it was in honor of him it wasn't going right let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater because that's not what faithless is and we always if you've got the chance and a platform to say something with music you know why wouldn't you why wouldn't you you know it's such a powerful healing force it makes us feel less alienated less alone you know it takes us to places in ourselves sometimes we've never we've never really found you know what can I say so so I felt that we wanted to honor that with the last album so that's how we found various people and then there were our heroes you know it was like I'd love to have someone who was like a real legend on the album to kind of connect the old school and, and the new school together. So Jazzy B from Soul to Soul collaborated on one of the tracks and it was it was almost too much. We were in the studio with them. We were all like gabbling away because we are talking too much because we were so excited and nervous and like couldn't quite believe it all at the same time. And then when he walked in, he went, what took you so long? It was like he was... Imagine Jazzy B waiting by the phone for us to call. <laughs> Anyway, we had so many connections with North London and music and Soul to Soul was a band that was massively influential on all of us. You know, that sound, what it did for London, what it did for the UK and the music scene. You know, and the sound system culture as well was definitely part of Faithless's DNA. So yeah, it was wonderful to have him on the record. How does it feel to be entering this world of streaming for the first time since All Blessed came out? Yeah, this was our first album into the world of streaming and it's done very well. Uh, sort of does my head in as well because I don't want to think about music in terms of algorithms and streams and if you're on the right playlist. But unfortunately, it's been a huge part of the conversation in putting out music now. Will it get heard? Will it even get seen? Will anybody know it's there? It's that kind of tree falling down in the forest. Will anybody hear it? You know, there's such a tsunami of music coming out every single day. Um, even with a band with the kind of, you know, genealogy of Faithless and we've been around so long. Doesn't matter. There are tracks that I have never heard of the artist getting a billion streams. They're like, I mean, just wow. Uh, but we're also lucky in that there are a lot of artists out there who are now exceeding us in the world of streaming um, who love Faithless and have been fans of us. So... That was also amazing to collaborate with them or have them remix our music. You know, one of the remixes I really love uh, is from Medusa, who's an Italian trio who are just smashing it at the moment. And, you know, they fell in love with Faithless as, as young guys, you know, hearing it on the radio and then in their first ever clubbing experiences. So it was amazing that, you know, they, they gave us a... It was almost like they outdid Faithless on their remix. <laughs> they kind of, like, wanted to bring what we were in the 90s, in a weird way, 
into how they position their remix. So they really turn the song into a completely different beast. Um, so that was really exciting, you know, it brought kind of fresh blood to the project, both from the artists we collaborated with and also from the remixers that came on board for the project. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, I have to say, you know, to come back after 10 years, if you like, with a kind of a bit of a space where music was being made and played with and mucked around with but not being released you know to come back and have such a positive response was really gratifying really gratifying but also we were right in the middle of covid and i did feel like are we mad putting an album about out now but there was a schedule you know all of this was agreed before covid had happened and everybody just wanted to plow on because they had other records that they needed to release if we delayed releasing ours it had a knock-on effect to everyone else on the label so there were all these sort of strategic things so it was very odd putting music out in lockdown but in a way i feel like mu- music was like you know it's like a warm hug on that album people have said to us you know it was so amazing to have new faithless music in this really really difficult time you know and that album gave a lot of comfort there's a lot of wisdom and there's a real warmth in the music it wasn't a very sort of jagged hard album it's very sort of yeah it's got a warmth to it mm. i think you know it does yeah i was listening to it on the way over in the car and i i really love the spoken word pieces that you selected i think you know one of your biggest super fans is someone that i'm a massive fan of which is emma barnett on uh, radio 4's oh. women's hour and i know that you've done a few of her shows in the past i mean she literally raves about you and she was only sort of saying on her new- weekly newsletter called trying about how she really you gave her something quite special at glastonbury when she listened to your set and i know that she writes all of her scripts listening to your music and i feel like you know as a woman to have a platform like that that she's actually created through the course of that show you know, what are the biggest challenges you faced in the music industry or maybe over the years of particularly DJing as well? I mean, there is a lot of challenges. Um, You know, we're stuck in a patriarchal system. We're all trying to smash it in our various little ways. Um, And it it did slightly blow my mind when Emma told me how much she loved Faithless and that she writes every show, every evening she listens to Faithless. I was like wow okay i mean she's properly bright intellectually able questioning you know really articulate woman so that was a you know very nice to have that kind of love and respect from from someone in the public eye um not that that detracts from anyone who's just a completely ordinary person that loves our music you know wouldn't be here without the people actually listening and being a fan of our music wherever they come from but i mean for me, a lot of challenges are invisible. It's not something most people see. Can be do with to do with equal pay. Can be to do with I'm a single mum. Uh, you know the juggling of childcare, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that makes my life very different from your average male DJ or musician. How that works in the structure of my life and the kind of shows and work that I can accept and the things that block me from progressing. Um, maybe being taken seriously because my band is also well at the core of it is myself maxi and rollo for for the last you know 30 odd years and they're both men (laughs) and obviously sometimes men have a louder voice in the industry maybe if it was me on my own i wouldn't be taken as seriously you know i mean they're all very small gripes and my life is a very gilded one compared to most but there is absolutely a gender pay gap and a lot of invisible prejudice that you don't see 
music business is very male and most echelons of it there's a lot more visibility now there's a lot more debate which is really important about women in the music industry whether they're behind the scenes and the managerial roles higher up the record company tree you know or booking the festivals and you know quality of lineup and inclusivity it's really good that these things are being brought to the table because there is there is a scene that was basically black and gay and it's been co-opted by the white world and a lot of people have been shut out and it's that's not right you know it's not appropriate when i first heard house music you know, properly was in a gay club in London and I was travelling in New York and like going to these seminal clubs that I'd read about and being pretty much the only women in there, you know, it was such a marginalised scene, people just don't realise and then the way it exploded in Europe was very different to what happened in America, for example. But there were seeds of division in that. And the, the thing about dance music is it is about inclusivity and bringing people together, all shades of the rainbow under one roof, dancing under one roof. It is a place where people do come to leave the problems of everyday life behind. It sounds like a cliche, but it's real, it's tangible. We've written about it in our music. We've, you know, this is my church. This is where I heal my hurts. People carry a lot of pain in their lives and there's something about the electronic music scene certainly in the early days that was a safe space for people so i'm glad that those conversations are being had now because if you don't have a conversation you don't acknowledge things exist you just you can't change them mm. you know and i love that there are more and more and more female djs around and you know just a sense of there being a discourse around it that it isn't just what went before that we can change things and that's better for everybody and the people that inspired me were the female DJs. It gave me an idea that I could do it. I was so nuts about house music and collected records. When I saw a female DJ putting two things together, I went, oh, that could be me. Mm. And sometimes people need to see themselves to acknowledge that it's even possible. So we wrote a song many years ago called Muhammad Ali on our third album. And it came from a conversation that Maxie and I had about him growing up in... South London in the 1950s it was a very racist time and that he was actually very shy and um, kind of down on himself and he wouldn't look people in the eye when he walked along the street because he'd get racist abuse and after he saw Muhammad Ali on the TV the first time he was on the television in the UK he had this moment of recognition that this handsome beautiful bright you know charismatic man was a black guy absolutely owning it and he had this deep moment of, of connection and suddenly he said it was the first time I walked down the street after seeing Muhammad Ali on the telly and I stuck my shoulders back and I puffed my chest up and I became proud of myself and he just hadn't been there'd been no positive reinforcement no role models you know or they were in a very limited sphere so it was such a profound conversation I was like you've got to put that in a lyric <laughs> so you know I understand it's like that for all sorts of people in all walks of life, unless you see yourself represented. So that's why being a woman, I'd like it not even to be a conversation, but it is still because it's still slightly unusual. It is unusual to be a female producer and an artist and a DJ and be in a band that's sort of headline Glastonbury or whatever else. Mm. You know, that's still a place that it'd be nice for more, more women to get to. Yeah, without barriers. 
I think it was interesting to see Greta Thunberg speaking at Glastonbury. And I feel like, you know, at IMS, the International Music Summit, there was a real narrative around climate change and, and how music, as you said, you know, brings us together. And this kind of feeling of separation that's been, you know, growing over the last few years is suddenly reaching a bit of a climax. And, and actually dance music or electronic music can be used to bring people together. And I think, you know, you say that obviously lyrically there has to be a meaning behind those words and a, and a kind of way to perhaps empower power change and is that something that you've maybe thought about sort of bringing into the into the world of your music um well there doesn't have to be I think it's about a particular artist and what they want to say with their music it just happens to be that Faithless has I suppose touched on that the relationships between each other between our environment you know and that we are all all connected and we 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 foul up the planet on one side it affects everyone. What we do over here affects people over there. And we are already seeing the ramifications. It isn't over there anymore, out of sight, out of mind. It's coming, you know, it's coming back on us. I wouldn't say climate change is the centrepiece of the, of the lyrical bent of in dance music per se. But again, like anything, it's a platform where you can affect great change. You can raise money for great causes. You can put on events. It doesn't have to be that it's within the music itself necessarily. You can be an activist in, in many different shapes and forms, you know, social media is a massive sort of revolution for that, for getting a message right out there um, to people who wouldn't necessarily be particularly conscious about certain things. Yeah, people do want to come out and party and forget about all that stuff too, but it doesn't mean it's mutually exclusive. You can have all of these things happening at once. You know, you can have consciousness raising, you can have music that touches you in your heart and spirit and mind and soul. You can be somewhere where the lyrics are utterly inane, but you feel connected to your fellow person. And that's the kind of little microcosm of how beautiful the world could be. We're not all out there fighting each other and divided because of the colour of our skin or our gender or whatever it is. You know, music has that power to be a bit... A bit more, uh, you know, the macro rather than the micro, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, what's the word, you know, it's the glue that can bring everyone together. Even if the message in the music itself could be just throw your hands in the air and party. Mm. It's not something I want to do in my own music. It's not something Faithless has ever really done. But I'm saying there's still value in the togetherness. The main point is the communion because that reminds us we are all one thing. We are all one, and so is, so is our home, our, our planet. Mm-hmm. Let's hope we kind of give it a bit more love and respect. Thank you so much. I know you've got to go, so, so I'm really grateful that you would invite me into your bed. I can't, I can't have lunch <laughs> impacting on dinner. Absolutely not. It's very important. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been lovely to talk to you. It's Amazing questions. It's